No music. No music. No music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the Keep Shooting Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Dunn, a.k.a. C. Mike Dunn, a.k.a. The Handsome One. Uh, I think as as most know me, I'm coming to you live and direct from the passenger seat of my vehicle because, uh, first of all, it's lunchtime and got to get in where you fit in, as Abraham Lincoln once said. And uh, the person next to me uh, parked so close that I can't get in the driver's side. So um, there's that. There's that. Life's good, you know, but we're doing it. We're doing it. So uh, got some great response from the first two podcasts. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you could, if you could do me a huge favor, I would really, really, really appreciate you uh, subscribing to the podcast, rating the podcast, leaving comments on the podcast. We have some negative people on there already. That's okay. Hey, that's all right. I'm not, you know, you can't please everybody. It is what it is. But if you could go do that, man, I'd appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep this thing rolling regardless. So with that being said, what I really want to talk about today is being able to reconstruct the jump shot, rebuild the jump shot. And what what does that entail? What kind of mindset do you have to have coming into that? But before we actually, you know, dive into that particular subject, I've touched on this before, and I just think that it'd be a great, great thing to put it out there um, in in the podcast world uh, regarding those buying Michael Jordan sneakers. Now, when I say Michael Jordan sneakers, I'm talking about numbers one through sixteen, one through seventeen. We'll say we'll give it seventeen because to me, everything after that, eh, what, eh, what are you doing, Tinker? Eh, I, I one through seventeen. If you are to buy any of those shoes, it is in my belief that you should have to be able to make five consecutive free throws to wear them, right? So, like I said, this is only numbered Jordans. I'm not talking about, like, the team Jordans and all that kind of stuff because, I mean, let's just be real. Those aren't those aren't really Jordans, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But 1 through 17, make five free throws to be able to buy a pair. I think this cuts down on the bots, trying to get a hold of the shoes and beating people to the punch every Saturday morning. And I also think it, it, it gives Michael Jordan the respect that he's owed. Um, bring back people lining up a footlocker, have to go get the shoes, roll out a hoop, say, hey, man, you want them? Make five free throws, then pay your $200. We'll see how motivated people are, and we'll go that route. But at least we'll get some real hoopers, uh, or at least people that, you know, have some type of respect for the game wearing the shoe. I just, I feel like I see a lot of coders wearing them, and I'm nothing against coding. I'm just saying, 1 through 17, ah, let's, let's, let's do what we got to do to respect, respect Michael Jordan's name. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we make it retroactive. So if you have a closet full of Jordans that you've been collecting all your life, but you've never stepped foot on the hardwood, Somebody will show up to your home, knock, knock with a portable hoop, throw it in your driveway, the curb, wherever have you, wherever you're living. And you got to go out there and make five free throws. Now, if you can't make five free throws in a row on your first ta- on your first trip, obviously that's not, that's not the way it goes. We'll put a two-hour time limit on it. Two-hour time limit. So I, I propose that. I just think it's, I think it's a good way to show good faith to, to MJ and everything that he's done. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, and is it me salty that it's it's really hard to get sneakers nowadays? Maybe, maybe. But I'm also not as big of a sneakerhead as I used to be, uh, because bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? When somebody says, "Hey, hey, Mike, you get those no sh- new shoes?" Nope, just paid daycare. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Oh, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, did you uh, did you did you happen to get those newest newest Jordans, the new color that was not? Ah, man. Almost got it. Had to pay my car payment, but that's the way it goes. So at least we got that out of the way, and uh, maybe maybe this will be something that comes into effect at some point in time, or maybe I'll open up my own store, and that's the, that's the rule that we will enforce. So, boom, got that out of the way. Feels good to get that off my chest. All right, rebuilding a jump shot. This stems from a question I a question I asked on on Instagram. I said, "What would you guys want to hear about?" A lot, a lot of really good answers um, to that question about what what people want to hear moving forward. But one of the one one of the more common ones uh, revolved around built, rebuilding a jump shot. And an interesting part of that was, can you be too old to rebuild a jump shot? Okay, so um, my my short answer to that is no, no. I don't think I don't think you are. There's anybody that's too old to to rebuild a jump shot. But it brings to mind, there's, there's a really good quote by Csikszentmihalyi who wrote the book Flow, who if you're looking for a really uh, kind of like a mind-blowing book, it's a great book to pick up. Uh, I remember the, the first time I picked it up, though, I, tried, I, I, I literally read it front, front to back and then I, I, uh, I sat there for a second and I said, I have no idea what I just read. Zero clue what I just read. But after returning to it, I actually returned to it earlier in 2019 and uh, it impacted me a lot more. So... I uh, had to had to grow my knowledge my knowledge a little bit more in terms of, in turn to understand it but it's a phenomenal book but Csikszentmihalyi basically said I hope I'm pronouncing his name right but he says there is liberation and limitation meaning ultimately we go so we go we go back and forth with with you know decisions should we do this should we do this should I shoot this way should I shoot that way I tried shooting this way but you know it worked for a little bit but then I went to this if you are really wanting to make the commitment to re- rebuilding your jump shot, it's time to make a decision. There's liberation and limitation. Limit all of that additional stuff that you're telling yourself in regard to, well, I shoot this way in this situation and this way in that situation. That stuff will come with variance. Obviously, you're you're not going to shoot the same exact shot uh, on a fadeaway that you would a traditional standstill shot. But if we're going to build a foundation, rebuild a foundation, we're going to have to make up our minds on what it is that we actually want, right? That's just that's just the way it has to go. And if we're going to do it, we have to do so in a very methodical type way in which we're achieving that that mind-body connection uh throughout throughout the process of it. So if you're really committed to it, it's going to be something that's going to take a good amount of time, especially if you're older. Now, I'm not saying it's it's not possible to do if you're an older sh- an older player and or, or or just heck heck man if you're if you're 40 years old and you're like I want to change it that's 100% possible if you're mindful while you're doing it. The problem in lies is is how our brains work, right? So if you think about it, our our brains are are this amazing computer system, but it reacts. Uh, our, our brains process things by recognizing patterns. Every day we're able to get through our everyday stuff. Because we pretty much recognize everything that's around us. We're not constantly um, stupefied. How about that for a word? We're not constantly stupefied by what a tree is. Because our minds have already processed, okay, that's a tree. That's normal. That is it is what it is. If it rains, we've seen rain before. 
if our brain was not able to recognize patterns, it'd be really, really hard to get through the day, essentially, right? Our brain's doing that not just with common information, but it's doing it with anything that, that we undertake and any ha- and, that's, and that's kind of how we form habits. So if you think about shooting a basketball, if you're really going to tear it down and try to start over, you're now have to, you now kind of have to break that pattern recognition. And that's where the difficult part comes in. So that's where when people say, well, you know, I want to make changes, uh, but it's the middle of the season and I don't want to, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I, full, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Because chances are, if you're really trying to make changes, if you make the changes in a two-hour session, a couple two-hour sessions, whatever have you, and then you jump yourself into a game, your brain is automatically going to recognize the situation at hand, and you're probably going to return back to the habits that you, you, know, you had ingrained before, right? So it's, a, it's, it's hard to do. Now, in the same regard, if you're a shooter that's just not making anything ever, well, what, what's the point? What, what, what's the point of even waiting? Like, uh, tackle that thing, that that thing head on during the season. But it's important to understand that if you really, truly want to make the change, you're going to have to really, really slow it down. Okay, you're going to have to be mindful of every movement that you're making. It is no longer about the um, the amount of shots you're taking; it's the kind of shots you're taking. And if you have to isolate certain movements, you're going to have to isolate certain movements. If you really struggle getting your hand on the ball, it could be a, a, a part, a, um, it could be a situation where that's all we're going to work on. We're just going to work on from that two position and just pushing through the ball. That's all it's going to be. That's all it's going to be. So you just have to be really, really willing to, to slow it down and, and be mindful of what you're doing. Now, my man Rob Fodor. Like I, I'll keep quoting Rob because I think he's a basketball genius. Um, he said something really, really interesting one time. He said there are two types of changes. There's evolutionary change and there's revolutionary change. Um, evolutionary change being maybe you just have a little defect in your jump shot that, that's slowing you down. Maybe you're not moving the ball before your body and that's the last thing that's missing. Or uh, maybe your hand's not coming under the ball or you know, a, a variety of things. Right? Your shot line could be all off kilter and you're, not, you're struggling to, to move the ball in one direction throughout the entirety of the shot. If that is the case, we're looking more at an evolutionary change where we can start to, we can start to insert uh, techniques that are going to help remedy that one situation. Uh, hopefully, that will it will start to take you know take hold o- over a period of time, and now you're on your way. I think a lot of times you'll see guys uh, at the highest level into, uh, start to introduce the, the that type of that type of thinking because you work with players at that level. They're 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 super athletes, and they're 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 beyond. They're beyond good at processing what's going on with, the, with their body. So that's something that probably comes to them a little bit more naturally than it would maybe a younger player. Um, but then, so that's, that's uh, evolutionary change. And then there's revolutionary change. And that's kind of what I spoke of before in terms of now the revolutionary change is going to be the entire breakdown from start to finish. Uh, you understanding what it is that has to be done and, you know, really putting in the time, slowing things down, and, and basically giving your jump shot a complete overhaul. I think for the majority of people, it's, it's more of an evolutionary than a revolutionary thing. I think uh, there's a pretty good foundation set. I just think there's a lot of misunderstanding in terms of you know the sequence of things, how, how it has to go, how we actually create flow in our jump shot. I, I think a lot of people like to throw the word flow around. Your jump shot has to flow. It has to flow. But if you ask them to define what flow is, well, what, what would you determine as flow? Is my jump shot flowing? Uh, 
I think people would really struggle to answer that question. And I've, I've kind of, I touched on it previously in the, in the range podcast, because, you know, in order to achieve range, you're ultimately going to have the bet, you're going to have to need flow, or I think more, better, better said is, is just the energy transfer of it. And that's getting the ball moving in a straight line in one direction, ball before body. And then once that ball starts to get close to that set point, your legs then attach up. So now you're adding that extra energy to it. And that's what gives you the look of flow or what we what a lot of people like to say one motion and the you know the 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 real big difference between a one motion and a two motion shot is not necessarily it's it's not it's uh, it's not that everything's moving at the same time a one motion and a two motion shot the ball if 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 a successful shot the ball is still going to move before the body with each what one motion versus two motion is really referencing is the path that the ball takes so Steph Curry is more traditionally like a one-motion shooter, whereas Ray Allen was more of a two-motion shooter. You could see if you just follow the shot paths of those shooters, much different shot paths. Two-motion, usually the, the ball might change direction a little bit. Steph, Steph Curry, I think his ball does change direction a little bit because it's really hard to actually ever achieve that straight line that we're looking for. Uh, I think using the straight line reference is best for players because at least it, gets the, it gives them a standard of what they're trying to do. Now, I know for a fact that I don't shoot in a straight line. Right, that's not something that I'm 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 able to do, uh, but I work at it, and in my mind I have this vision of ultimately wanting to achieve that. So I think the straight line is a great reference, but that's the that's the big difference. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of going off here, but one motion is the ball moves uh, in one direction throughout the entirety of the shot. Two motion the ball changes directions usually once because it comes back a little bit and then it goes and then uh, and then you shoot the ball. So uh, I think ultimately a one motion shot if you can figure it out. Uh, can be much more. Uh, I, I think that's that's probably the way to go. That's probably the way to go. I don't think we are all built to shoot that way. I think we're all we're all built a little bit differently, and how how we uh, how we're built largely determines if we're a one or a two. But I think at the end of the day, if I were to say, hey, what's what's best? I would say one motion is absolutely best. So, yeah, man. So with that being said, I think I think that we often look at. Doing something as as as, as doing something as um, as rebuilding a jump shot as as damn near impossible, but it's like anything. It's it's just one of those things that's going to take time and understanding in what you're doing. We live in an age where everything is so automatic that it's very easy to get discouraged with results early on. And if we're not seeing the results, you know, within just a few hours, we're like, well, this isn't working for me. And I think that's probably what I see most often from people. But if you get somebody to really lock in and start to, you know, really embrace the process of it, which is super cliche, but if you can embrace the process, you can slow things down and you set yourself up in a way to to really want to understand what it is you're doing, uh, that is what ultimately is going to be able to produce change and produce change faster. But if you're just going through the motions of it, you're not really getting an understanding of what you're doing. I will say that I am, without a doubt, a much better shooter now uh, just because I now understand the ins and outs of it. I don't have to shoot every day to to get the, the benefits of being able to shoot the ball better because I understand what has to happen now. And if you can apply that same mindset to a rebuild, then you're then you're on the uh, then you're on your track to success and that's that's kind of what you're going to have to do moving forward. So um I think I think that's probably where I end this. If I I'd say the last thing with that would be if you're working uh if it's either you or you're working with a player 
or, uh, or, or a team, whatever have you, your, your, your child, if you're going to start a rebuild, I would say do your research on it first, know how to teach it, uh, and then start to implement things that don't necessarily have outcomes involved in them. Because like I said earlier, we are so attached to outcomes. I worked at PGC basketball camp and they had a great term. They called the term NATO. And NATO meant not attached to outcomes. And it's something that I was already doing, but it's something that they implemented so well. And they, it's, it's a great term, NATO. I mean, you, you just remember it. But we're such visual creatures and we're so attached to did it go in or didn't it that it will completely determine our mindset moving forward. So once you start to make changes, I, I urge you to step away from the basket. Step away from the basket entirely and start to do things that involve you shooting the ball without having to worry about a make or a miss, especially if it's a younger kid. Because that right there isolates the habit that we're working on and takes away the, ah, yes, I made it, or, ah, oh, man, I just, I'm just not good at this. I can't make shots. Because it takes a while to get the body and the mind connected in, in understanding the proper way of shooting the ball. So there's a variety of ways you could do that. Um, I have a bunch of them uh, within my subscription service, I might add, who I'd say this podcast is now sponsored by. Um, but if you ever want to check that out, man, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think is extremely, extremely important in getting a player to to start to make a a conscious change and what they're doing. So that's it for keep uh, keep shooting, keep shooting pot. Man, hey, whoa, whoa, Mike, slow it down. Uh, that's it for episode three of the Keep Shooting podcast. We talked about the Jordans, uh, the five free throw rule. I think that's, I think that actually just got signed. That just got passed now. Um, and then, and then obviously rebuilding a jump shot and the mindset that it takes in order to do so. So uh, if you have any other questions, man, or anything you want me to talk about, please send me a message. Let me know. Uh, if not, I, ple- I, I urge you. <laughs> I, I don't urge you, but I would really appreciate it if you rated, you reviewed, you, re- you subscribed to the website or to the podcast. And, uh, and yeah, man. So next podcast, we'll figure out the topic. I'll go through everything that I wrote down from, from what everybody submitted, and we'll keep this ball rolling. I appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. It is always grind season, and as always, keep shooting.